I wonder what you had for dinner today, or tea. I don't know what you call your meal at night time. Some people call it supper, some people call it tea, some people have their dinner in the evening time. We've enjoyed good food, hopefully, today. We have been provided with much, and we have a lot to be thankful for. We've enjoyed good summer weather. Lots of crops have been gathered in so far. Second cut is maybe in already. Some people are working on a third cut of silage. There's been good hay times. People getting the hay in this year. Lots of good weather for that. And even the barley and straw will be coming a little later. It's great to see the crops being gathered in safely. We have enjoyed great abundance over the years. No matter what the weather is like, it always seems to work around that we've enough to go on. Um, we've had plenty of food, but often we take our food for granted. And it's only when we see the prices of our food going up that we start to take notice of what we're actually buying and do we actually need it? Will we actually use it? Or maybe we hear on the news of shipments of grain leaving Odessa in Ukraine. Imagine that's a news story that a shipment might leave uh, to go to a country where it is needed. We know nothing of what it is even to be hungry. The last great hunger in Ireland was 170 years ago. The great famine in Ireland one million people died in Ireland during the Great Famine. Two million had to leave because of it. When there's no food, it's a life and death situation. Without food, people will die. And that's where we find Jacob and his family at the end of Genesis. It's a life and death situation. Without Joseph, their provider. Without Joseph and their provisions, they would perish. But thank God and his great providence, Joseph was there in Egypt. He was willing and he was able to pardon and provide for his brothers and the family. And did you notice what we read there in Genesis 50? Those famous words, he says to his brothers, what you did to me, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, for the saving of many lives. And so tonight I want to point you to the provider and the provision. And as we look at Joseph's life, we also are pointed, we'll turn our eyes to Jesus as our provider and his provision. I wonder what you remember about the story of Joseph, maybe from Sunday school days, maybe from your own Bible readings even. Do you remember Jacob had 12 sons, 12 boys, imagine that. My father came from a family of 13, eight boys, five girls. There's not many big families like that now. Here, Joseph was number 11. 
of the 12 boys. His mummy was Rachel. Rachel couldn't have children for a long time. And then in Jacob's old age, in Rachel's old age, they had this little boy called Joseph. And the Bible tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more than all the rest. He was the beloved son. This provider was the beloved son. And to show his love for Joseph, Jacob got him a coat of many colors. Joseph in his technicolored dream coat. He was the beloved son. And when we think of Jesus, our provider, he was the beloved son, the only begotten son of God. At Jesus' baptism, as he came up out of the water, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus is God's beloved son. But Joseph, the provider, was also hated by his brothers. The brothers were jealous of him. Wouldn't you be jealous of him? Number 11, getting first place. And do you remember how God gave Joseph dreams? And one of the dreams, he was out in the harvest field and his stack of corn, it stood up. And the other brothers, their sheaves of corn, they, they bowed down. And Joseph went and told his brothers this dream that God had given to him. And his brother says, do you mean to tell us that you're going to reign over us? That we're going to bow down to you? They hated him all the more, the Bible says, because of his dreams and because of his words. And when Joseph was just 17 years old, 17, they threw him in a pit and they wanted to kill him. Sometimes brothers fall out. Sometimes they have fights with one another. But to hate your brother so much that you want to kill him, that's a different level. These brothers wanted to kill their young brother Joseph at age 17. Instead, they didn't kill him, but they sold him into slavery. And he ended up in Egypt. Joseph, the provider, was hated by his brothers. And we would think of Jesus, our provider. He too was hated by his brothers. The Bible says he came on to his own people. The Jewish people, they didn't receive him. The Jewish leaders, they hated Jesus. They were meant to be the teachers of the law of God. And yet they hated the Son of God, the beloved Son of God. They hated him. Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath, and they wanted to kill him because of it. Jesus was hated by his brothers. Joseph, the provider, he went down, down, down. Do you remember how he ended up in Egypt? And he ended up in prison, accused of rape, falsely. 
Do you remember how he helped the cupbearer, told him his dream, and the cupbearer forgot about him? Two more years spent in prison. He went down, down, down. But then he was raised up. And at the age of 30, Joseph was made prime minister of Egypt. Down and then up. We think of Jesus, our provider. Always remember that Jesus left the splendors of heaven and came down to this sinful world of woe. He left the ivory palaces, as Psalm 45 says. He went down, took on the form of a man, a servant, and he went to death on a cross for your sin and mine. And then God highly exalted him, raised him the third day, exalted into heaven, given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Jesus went down much further than Joseph ever did. He went to death on a cross for you and me. So do you see this provider, the one who is the beloved son, the one who was hated by his brothers, the one who went down? This provider did this to save many lives. Jesus Christ, the beloved son, hated by his brothers, went down to the cross to save the world, to save sinners. This is our provider. Thank God this is good news. In one sense, I don't have a hard task tonight because I'm bringing to you good news. Good news, the good news of the gospel, that there is a provider. There's a provider, one who went down went all the way to the cross for you. But my challenge is is to convince people that they need a provider because so many in our day think, I don't need Christ and I don't need his church. I don't need Jesus. I have plenty of money in the bank. I'm doing fine. I'll be all right. But remember we said at the start, without food, people will perish. Without a Savior, Jesus says you will die in your sins. You will perish for all eternity. You'll be lost in hell. Not because there wasn't a provider, but because you loved your sin and you didn't reach out to the only one who could save you. Listen to these words of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He's the bread of life. You come to him, you'll never be hungry. Jesus says, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'll never turn you away. If you come in faith to him, even tonight, simple faith like a wee boy after church, I'm going to trust in Jesus. I believe it's time. I'm not putting it off another night. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Psalm 95 says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So we see the wonderful provider 
And then we see the wonderful provision. This provision that Joseph offers has been well planned. It was well planned. It didn't come by chance. Remember, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Joseph said, for seven years, there's going to be seven years of plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And for those seven years of plenty, Joseph was at work, planned out. And he says, now, when you're getting your harvest, I'm going to take 20% tax to the government. You put it into the storehouses of the king of Egypt. Put it there. And we're going to save that grain up for the seven years of dearth, of famine. A fifth was to be gathered up every year. You keep four fifths, we'll take a fifth each and put it into the storehouse. It was all well planned. And it was an abundant provision. They gathered up so much grain that they stopped counting. There was so much. The Bible says it was like the sand on the seashore. So much. In Odessa, they say there's 20 million tons of grain that needs to be moved out before the next harvest can be brought in. It's hard to imagine 20 million tons. How many would that cover the whole of Ahako? 20 million tons. There was so much, even more back then, of grain and provisions. It was an abundant provision. And it was a global provision. Not just for Egypt. Not even just for the land of Canaan. Remember how Jacob and his sons come down. But it was for all the nations. All the nations went to Joseph for him to provide for them. It was a global provision. And it was a unique provision. A unique provision. Pharaoh said, go to Joseph and do whatever he says. The only one who knew what to do was Joseph. You want to be provided for, you have to go through Joseph in order to get your provisions. And it was a gracious provision. Now think about this. Think about this. How the brothers had treated Joseph. He had done nothing wrong. Joseph had done nothing wrong. Some people say, oh, he shouldn't have told him his dreams. He was boasting when he told him his dreams. God had given them, given Joseph those dreams. Surely he should share them with his brothers and his mum and dad, even though they may not like it. Joseph was hated without a cause. And those brothers, because of their jealousy, they sold him into slavery. And do you know what they did after that? They went out and killed a goat, got the blood out of the goat. They dipped his beautiful coat of many colors into that blood. Then they brought that same coat back to their daddy, Jacob, and say, we find this. And Jacob, filled with grief, thinks a wild animal has killed his son. And the other brothers never correct him. 
For over 20 years, they deceived their own father, Jacob, that Joseph was dead. Surely these brothers deserve to be punished. They deserve to be wiped out for the way they treated their brother, Joseph. But instead, he gives them a gracious provision. He brings them in to see Pharaoh. Five of them. I wonder what five he chose. He brings them in to see Pharaoh. He's not ashamed to call them his brothers. Can you imagine the scene? Those five thin shepherds come in before the great king of Egypt, Pharaoh. And then the old man comes in. Jacob, 130, coming in. And wonder of wonders, the Bible says, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. <laughs> the powerful man in the world. And this old man, Jacob, blesses him. Puts his hands on, blesses him. Surely it should be the other way about. But Jacob, an instrument of God, is blessing Pharaoh because God had promised those who bless you, I will bless them. Pharaoh had been kind to Jacob and the family because of Joseph. So this was a, a gracious provision and it was a generous provision. It, Pharaoh says, whatever land you want in Egypt, it's yours. You want Goshen, you've got it. And here's the title deeds. You're going to own it. It's not Egyptian land anymore. It's your land. You've got it in full. You take the best land. And Joseph, you see any of your brothers, if they're able at all, make them farm managers. You put them in charge of my livestock. He gives them jobs. They're not treated like strangers. They're treated like kings. What a wonderful provision. And it's all because of Joseph. Without Joseph, they would never be provided for. But it was because of Joseph's reputation with Pharaoh that he's kind to them. It's because of Joseph's intercession to Pharaoh that they were provided for. For Joseph's sake, the family were welcomed. For Joseph's sake, the family were saved from famine. For Joseph's sake, they were given property. For Joseph's sake, they got the best of land. For Joseph's sake, they got peace and rest in Goshen. For Joseph's sake, they were not treated as strangers, but as kings. And here we are on the 7th of August, 2022, in Brookside, Ohio. What does this mean for us? Here's the good news. Jesus Christ and his provision. I want to point you to turn your eyes to him. His provision is planned from before the world began. Before the world began, we were chosen in Christ. In the fullness of time, God sent his son. This was a planned provision for you. It's been planned. It is an abundant provision. Take this in. We have riches in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, 
that he's able to do exceedingly more than we can ask or think. It's an abundant provision that we have in Christ. And it's a global provision, not just for us, but whosoever, no matter where you are in the world, the provision of Christ is offered to you in the gospel. And it is a unique provision. Only one way. The only way that you can have your sins dealt with is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody else can forgive your sins but the Lord Jesus. It's unique. And it's all of grace. The gracious provision that we have in Jesus Christ. Why do we deserve to be forgiven? We don't. We are wretches. We're sinners. John Newton wrote that famous hymn, Amazing Grace. He was out in the Atlantic Ocean during a storm, prayed to God, if you save me, I'll become a Christian. He was a bad man, a deep-dyed sinner. And God did rescue him from that storm. His ship sailed into Loch Swilly in County Donegal. Six years later, he honors his promise and he gets saved. He becomes a Christian. And he writes that most famous hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a, a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. This is a gracious provision that we have in Christ Jesus. And it is so generous. Jesus is not ashamed to call you a brother or a sister tonight. Think of your sin. And yet it's covered by the blood of Jesus if you're trusting in him. And he's not ashamed to call you a brother and a sister in Christ. Isn't that wonderful to be able to call Jesus our elder brother? God is our heavenly father. And it's all because of Jesus' sake. Not our own works or efforts. For Jesus' sake, we are welcomed into the family of God. We are adopted and we're able to cry out, Abba, Father. For Jesus' sake, we are justified. We're made right with God. For Jesus' sake, we're being sanctified, being made holy. For Jesus' sake, one day we will be glorified in heaven. This is a wonderful provision. And one day, we will reign with him. We're not treated as strangers. We're treated as kings. This is the provider and the provision. Should we not thank him tonight? Thank him, thank him for his wonderful provision for us. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He redeems us. He saves us. Thank him for his provision for us, not just today on Sunday, the Lord's day, but tomorrow when you get up, thank him, your provider and the provision he gives you. Trust him. 
trust him. How often we live as if we don't have a heavenly father. We worry about everything. Worry about, as Jesus says, what we'll put on and what we'll, what we'll eat and what we'll put on. These everyday things we tend to worry about, our health, our relationships, our church. Why should we worry? Instead of worrying, we should trust him. He's provided for us in the past. He's providing for us now, and he will provide in the future. So trust him with your family. He's a great provider. Will he not provide for your family? All that they need? Will he not provide for the church? Will he not provide for you in your relationship? Will he not provide you in sickness and in health? Trust him. And be reassured tonight. Often we sin. When we sin, our assurance goes and the devil comes in with his lies. What we read at chapter 50, it's quite telling. When the old man Jacob dies, the brothers think that Joseph's going to turn on them. That's it. And they said, oh, daddy says that you should forgive us. He told us that. We're your servants now. And it made Joseph weep. Why was he crying at that? He was crying because the last 17 years and more, he had pardoned and provided for them. But now they think he's going to turn against them. He's going to turn against them. But they were truly pardoned. They were truly provided for. And he would continue to provide for them and their families in the future. And often it's like us. Often when we sin, we're so slow at coming to Christ and asking for forgiveness because we think he's going to turn against us. And he'll say, no, the door's closed now. Be reassured. He'll provide for you. And he'll provide for me. And if there are any here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, be convinced, be persuaded tonight. You are in a perilous situation and you will die in your sins without him. Come to him even tonight in simple faith. I mentioned one hymn of John Newton's and with his hymn of John Newton's, I'll close. We don't sing this hymn. It's based on, on this chapter. But here's what some of the verses says. To Joseph, the Egyptians went. To Jesus, I made known my case. He, when my little stock was spent, he opened up his magazine of grace. For he the time of dearth foresaw and made provisions long before that famished souls like me might draw supplies from his unbounded store. Now on his bounty I depend. I live from fear of death secure. Maintained by such a mighty friend, I cannot want till he is poor. O sinners, hear his gracious call. His mercy's door stands open wide. He has enough 
to feed you all, and none who come shall be denied. Jesus has enough to feed you all. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me will never go hungry. Jesus has enough for the whole of Ahokal, the whole of this island. He's enough to feed you all, and none who come shall be denied. Let us pray. Lord God, we do thank you for Jesus, our provider, and we thank you for all the provisions that we have in Christ to meet all our needs for this life and the life to come. Lord, give us thankful hearts tonight and in the coming days. Lord God, help us to trust you more. Lord, you have provided in the past. Lord, may you provide for us, for all our different needs, even in the coming days. Lord God, we thank you that your blood has power to cleanse us from our sins even tonight. Lord God, we pray that we all might know Jesus' provision. Lord, that none of us will miss out. And we thank you that none of us will, will be denied if we come in faith to you. And so we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.